magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 490. Inching closer to 500, the big blowout. Um, So starting things off this week. So last week, so two weeks ago we, we missed a show and we couldn't record and we got like two emails that week <laughs> and then the next week i was like oh i can't wait to read those emails and then i forgot last week so oh my god <clears throat> i was gonna start off the show reading a couple of emails um i actually uh sometimes i save spam we get so many spam emails at the podcast address and um some of them are super funny like lately we've been getting a lot of like joe biden's coming to take your guns so buy all these <laughs> guns on sale right now and uh, we'll send you some free knives too, just in case. Free knives, like all this crazy stuff. But um, yeah, speaking of knives, I've... I was looking at to now that we're all vaccinated and shit. I was looking into like the yeah. Dollywood area near me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, like it's kind of you know what the Wisconsin Dells is. No, I don't, well, I'm sure there's a lot of areas like this where it's just like for whatever reason, like everyone comes together in that particular area and is like, let's build amusement park bullshit here. So you know, it's like lots yeah. of like mini golf and like dinner theater yeah. stuff and mm-hmm. um things like that and uh i don't know i totally forgot what i was gonna say never mind <laughs> dollywood something or another you're gonna go visit yeah what were you what were you saying before i, I interrupted you uh, i was talking about biden taking our guns oh yeah, yeah sorry okay yeah so um <laughs> in dollywood Dollywood, one of the attractions is apparently the world's largest knife store oh i would love to go there actually yeah. <clears throat> that's pretty cool they, they their flyers are like over a million knives in stock and shit like that. <laughs> how, do you, how do you even look at a million knives um uh, that's cool though i would probably I buy one i'm the i'm the idiot that buys the dumb knife at the gas station on a whim you should, <clears throat> you should just spend your money knife. on one good knife i do have one good knife uh <clears throat> but anyway this spam email, I actually thought of you, which is the reason I even didn't delete it, but it was about, uh, how to start a survival garden. So, you know, if the world around you collapses and our, uh, consumer based society just evaporates one day, what are you going to do? How are you going to survive? How are you going to eat and get food? Um, you should probably start a survival garden, which is apparently what they do in Venezuela where, as a last resort, they will also eat their pets. So, I guess that means get pets that are, like, um, super yeah, good, like meaty. chickens as pets. or Yeah. Um, so, if I just click this handy link and, and fill out some info, um, I can learn how to create a survival garden. But it made me think of you and all your hydroponic mm. <laughs> basement stuff you had at your old house. Yeah, well, now that I can, um, I can catch catfish using nothing more than hot dogs, uh, a two-liter pop bottle... <laughs> Uh-huh. And some uh, rope. So that's that's your survival strategy now. Yeah, you actually, moved on from 
I lettuce built, to <laughs> yeah well i, I built a uh they're called uh jug jug lines for catfish mm-hmm. i built one just to i was like this can't possibly work like you can't fucking catch a fish on a pop bottle and sure enough i like, threw it in there and Worked forgot about it for really about well. an hour and then came back and was like this, this thing's moving around that's weird and i was like oh shit there's huge fish on it no way yeah well that's cool you should start like a fried catfish stand or something yeah so. i don't i don't really know um eating cat like wild catfish is a little weird to me because they're like bottom feeders you know mm-hmm. so yeah they're dirty yeah they say like you're not supposed to eat wild catfish more than a couple of times a month which like i don't mm. i don't know that seems weird i guess yeah, what, what do i, I have I, to live I, for I, I might as well eat free fish yeah, if the world collapses your standards might go down a little mm. bit and you'll you'll be chowing down on catfish every chance you get but um but so anyway, uh, yeah, I already have. I have some penis enlargement emails we could read. Blue um, Chew, the newest sponsor no. of the Touch Arcade Show. Guy gets bit by snake, then grows four inches, aka snake is your penis. Just so you know, BlueChew.com uh, promo code Jared's Dick to save twenty percent yeah. off. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so actual emails <clears throat> I'm getting to. Uh, first one was from Aaron who says, Hey, I've been a long time listener for years. I heard Apple is launching paid podcasts. Just wanted to let you guys know I'd subscribe for a pound a month. If you offered it, thanks Aaron. And thanks Aaron for emailing in. Um, yeah, I still need to look into this. They did announce this at their like event thing that I missed. Um, I don't really know specifics on it. I know they take a cut of whatever. Yeah, it's like the app but... store, thirty percent, which a lot yeah. of people are kind of upset about. But I mean, I don't know. I guess you gotta kind of weigh the pros and the cons of that sort of stuff because it doesn't seem like yeah. there's anything that's preventing you from having your podcast just like everywhere. Like you can still do, as far as I understand, you still have it on your like Patreon and Spotify mm-hmm. and you know do whatever you want. But but you know, much like how. The App Store has, I don't even know what number they're quoting now, but, you know, like millions of accounts with like active credit cards attached to it and stuff like that. Like there's undoubtedly going to be like way less friction to subscribe through Apple Podcasts than there is like signing up to Patreon, like putting a credit card in Patreon, you know, blah, 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 like all that stuff versus just like subscribe. I like this thing. Well, we've had we've had a lot of that <clears throat> over the years with having a Patreon, where it's like um, people are like, I either don't like Patreon, the company, or I just don't like signing up for a, another thing or like whatever. But I would throw some money your way another way. It's like a PayPal account you can donate to and stuff like that. But like, I agree with you, where it's like the same as buying a game, you could buy a subscription to the Tundercade podcast. Like, I think a lot of people would be more willing to do that than like seek out and sign up for some third party thing. Um, which would be pretty cool. I do need to look into that more and uh, see what happens. Maybe yeah, I don't. I don't know if you need a separate feed or if like the payment's optional or how that all works. Yeah, yeah. I gotta look into it more. Uh, one of these days, it'd be nice. Maybe by show five hundred. Like or, uh, that'll be. I'd be curious be sh- if if like mm. the it can be the same podcast like the free and the paid one just kind of make it like an optional thing like a tip jar sort of thing you know yeah that would be cool and it would be cool too to be able to l- do a podcast like special episodes that are locked to just the paid subscribers too so you could be like hey we're gonna do a special thing for this 
and uh, it's just for the people that subscribe through through Apple Podcasts or whatever. I don't know. Options are always good. Yeah, I, I don't. But, I just um, don't know the technical details on it. I was like, that was one of those things. I was like, oh, that's neat. I need to read more about that. And then, and then a month did. later, we're yeah. like, neither of us have looked into <laughs> yeah. it more. But um, so thanks, Aaron, for writing in, and thanks for bringing that up. And yeah, we're gonna look into it. Um, so if we end up doing that, we at least know we're good for, for a pound a month from Aaron, which is cool. Um, and then we had, uh, I don't know why this didn't go to our podcast email. You had to forward this one to me. Um, this is from Glenn. Glenn says, Hey guys, after spending far more than I want to admit on Marvel future fight a few years ago, I can appreciate the addictive nature of certain free to play games and their earning potential. That is why I'm puzzled by Star Trek Legends, a game that has free-to-play written all over it, as you said last week, which I guess was actually like a month ago. Um, why would you? Why would the developer put the game on Apple Arcade? How does Apple pay developers for their games? You suggested Arcade may be a loss leader for Apple. To what end? Just curious to hear your thoughts. And then he asks, any update on the home repair slash addition? Thanks, Glenn. Um yeah, I'll, I, I do have an update on the repair slash addition, but to the first couple of points, um, yeah, I think we even talked about how it's strange that Star Trek Legends is basically the free-to-play Star Trek game, but made not free-to-play and yeah. put on Apple Arcade. Well, but I mean, like, also, though, the silly thing about this is, like, the the Apple Arcade game that everyone kind of, like, leans on is, like, this is what Apple Arcade game should be like is fucking Grindstone, which is, like... One of the most transparent games where it's like this was just going to be a free to play thing and they yeah. swerved at the last second. And yeah. I don't know. I just think it's so funny because it's like these games are just good, you know, and like the yeah. free to play stuff is typically fine in them, you know, and yeah, but right. but removing that just kind of like gets past some mental block for a lot of people that yeah. makes them check them out. And, you know, I, I think know. it's it, it comes down to what you want out of a game too, like um like uh, a lot of times, like the thing I like about a, a grindy free to play game is like slowly working towards something over like months, like and just right. dipping in and out really casually yeah. and like making some some small progress at a time or whatever. Um, but not everybody likes that. But then a lot of times games that are designed like that, if you took all the free to plays and waiting stuff away, you'd see everything there is to see in like a day. And then that game would be, yeah. you wouldn't have any motivation like, to use it, to play it at all. Imagine uh, playing like one of these clicker games, you know, like, like cookie clicker yeah. or, or uh, you know, a, there, I don't know, there's a million of them, right? And it was just like, you could just push upgrade a button to the max everything. Yeah, upgrade then, everything yeah. to the max. You're like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll just delete this now, I guess. Right. Yeah. So like the point is that a lot of those games only work as those, those long drawn out free to play type experiences. But, um, but I have seen a couple of people the Star Trek game specifically, they were like, yeah, I played the free one, but I also have Apple Arcade and I tried this one and thought it was really nice that I don't, I don't play this game. So I don't really know exactly what they're talking about, but they're like, you know, they can try out a bunch of characters at will, you know what I mean? And, and do different things like that. And, um, I can see that being like nice too. And so as long as I think there's other things designed to keep you coming back and keep like new content coming in and keep giving you a reason to want to keep playing, um, then it can kind of work and still be like yeah. a premium I mean, free-to-play game. I, I thought this Star Trek game was pretty good. I mean, I didn't get super deep into it, but it's a, yeah. you know, if you're into Star Trek, it was pretty good themed kind of like light RPG sort of free-to-play thing. And, yeah. you know, just removing the 
friction of paying for stuff, I guess. Yeah. Probably makes it a better game. Like, like tons of these games are like, um, what's, what's a, uh, a hobby or like a popular series or popular IP and then build the same free to play game around it for fans of that thing. Right. And so like, if there was like a, I I, Simpsons tapped out came out a million years ago, but I'm a huge Simpsons fan. And so I tried to play it every once in a while and always bounced off it because it was just like way too much waiting and crap like that. But like you'd see some of the late game stuff, the cities people would build and the buildings they'd unlock and characters they'd unlock. And it was like, man, I want that, but I don't want to go through all the crap to get to it. Uh, So someone like me, if like tapped out was on Apple Arcade, I'd probably play it and enjoy it. Even if I churned out quicker than it was designed to. Yeah. Um, I still, at least I'd be playing it because now, right now I don't play it at all. So yeah, so something to, like that I could see being cool. To, to answer the second part of the question with how developers get paid on this, like there has been very little public information about that because it's all like hidden yeah. behind confidentiality uh, contracts. But right. it seems like developers are getting paid based on usage. So like how yeah. much people are playing these games and stuff, which yeah. I've heard can be pretty lucrative for, for some of these games that were not doing great before they got into Apple Arcade, then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you have all these people checking them out because they're not lost in the shuffle of the App Store anymore. They're one of 180 yeah. games in Apple Arcade. Yeah. So, yeah. I also I wouldn't be surprised to find out that um, it can vary greatly. Oh, develop, I'm sure. Developer, I'm sure. Because I'm sure there's some people where it's like Apple cut me a check, I gave them the game, that's it. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people where it's like we let's work out a deal for long term stuff we'll keep creating content and then we get paid based on users. Yeah. Well, so that, that's like one of the more interesting of the many interesting things that have come out of this Apple versus Epic thing is that there was a chart of, um, so Epic does these, um, uh, Epic, uh, store freebies every week or two. I don't know how often they rotate pretty often. It's usually every two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, and they had a chart of like how much they had paid developers for those different games and yeah. how many activations each game got. And it was like fucking all over the place for yeah. like how much ga- like games that I thought would have commanded like a really big minimum guarantee got like $50,000 and games that like yeah. I didn't even care about would get like many times more than that. And like 1.5. Yeah, it was just really <laughs> wild how, how and I'm sure yeah. that I'm sure that Apple Arcade is all over the place, too, because like yeah. the. um the benefit that Apple has working in so much secrecy is that no one can really like when you're doing these contract negotiations, you can't really figure out like what other people are getting very easily. So yeah. you have no basis of comparison yeah. to whether you're getting a good, good deal or a bad deal or if Apple's yeah. taking you to the cleaners or the other way around right. or whatever. So yeah. I don't know. Well, I feel bad like that chart specifically, how it was like, I think Celeste got like 50 grand. Or yeah. Something like a uh, world, world of goo got like nothing yeah. Too, and I'm like, man, that's like a really like, whatever those people game. see that stuff now and are like, oh man, we got super screwed compared to these other people that got like in yeah, the six figures. Can, let me see if I can find it again. Cause yeah, there was, um, there was some, uh, on there that were just like, holy shit. Like how, how did they command so much? And then at the same time, like how did these guys get nothing? Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. And um, overall, still the Epic Game Store, it's a weird strategy because it hasn't that the store itself hasn't made money. Epic makes gobs of money, so it doesn't really matter to them. But like 
um, their actual Epic store is not profitable yet. And they don't think it'll be profitable for several years. But man, they sure have a lot of users and they are like a player in the game now. You know, they're no Steam or anything, but they're one of the main stores. And a lot of people have, as much as they bitched about signing up for yet another digital store, a lot of people have just to get the freebies. And then once you're signed up, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, well, this game's an Epic exclusive. I'm going to buy it there. It's not a big deal. Um, so, I mean, they've, they've, they've bought their way into this. Okay, this whole so I got, I got Subnautica. Uh, I one, think that was the very first freebie they did. $1.4 million. 804,000 new Epic accounts out of that. And, That's wild. Um, the uh, 4.6 million people downloaded the game. So, um, but then you go down to like, yeah, so World of Goo, uh, $50,000 and 2.4 million people downloaded the game. So like, you know, like half as many people, but a fraction of the money. Right. But at the same time, it only brought in like 150,000 new Epic accounts. So like, it's hard to say. Also something like World of Goo, like that game is so old now and it's been on everything now. So like that 50K was probably pure profit, (laughs) you know, like. Yeah. um, But yeah, then like Overcooked, they got 225,000, which to me seems really low. That's a good game. And then like like Mutant Year Zero, which is like, who gives it like that got a million bucks. And it's like, who cares about that game? I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, this whole, the Epic Apple, Ap, Epic Apple, hmm, that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool mispronunciation. The Apple Epic stuff has um, pretty much just grossed me out this entire time because it's all stuff like this. Yeah. It's all a bunch of gross internal emails of just gross executives saying gross stuff and like wheeling and dealing and it's all just like blah. And all I really hope from all this, like A... I do hope that there's some sort of like sea change with the way the app store specifically is, is handled. But like, I hope there's a big change in just the industry overall in the way things are handled. Cause, um, video games are a young medium really in the grand scheme of things. And, uh, they've been done a certain way for most of that time. And it's really only in like the last 10 or 15 years that I think things, have begun to open up with the addition of things like the app stores or, or the ability to kind of like self publish and, and have, uh, get your games out there without like a traditional like publisher model or, or whatever. Um, but prior to all that, I feel like everything was such a big black box and it was just this really closed off industry and, um, really bad for a lot of reasons, but like, you know, not giving a lot of people opportunities to even make the games they want because of that whole system. Um, and those people nowadays, you can just go make a game, whatever the hell game you want and put it on a a variety of places and get it in front of people, which is not really something you could do like 15 or 20 years ago. So I think that's really cool, but I think that's part of the reason, you know, a lot of this stuff is coming out and a lot of people are so surprised by it. Um, and are like, man, that's how the video game industry works. Like that's gross. And yeah, surprise, it surprise the change. Yeah. So I, I hope this is like the beginning of just a big change in, in the way business is done. I doubt it. Um, in addition to kind of like, uh, personally and selfishly, I would like to see the app store opened up more 
and have like the ability to you know do side loading on ios and stuff like that the stuff that epic is pushing for in the first place is stuff i think would be nice to see too yeah but um I but anyway yeah i don't think anything's going to come of this I I think that the the judge is gonna just kind of puss out and not really just have like a non decision basically and, and kick it down to like Congress to come up with like antitrust stuff on these things and that'll yeah, take forever maybe. and I think the hilarious thing in all this is um, was I think it was yesterday's testimony was when they brought up Netflix and mm-hmm. they were talking to the Microsoft uh, lady that was like oh. Well, we wanted to do Game Pass. It's basically Netflix for games. And Apple said no. And the judge is like, well, why? Like, I don't understand why you would be subjected to something different just because it's games. And mm-hmm. you can't just do a Netflix thing with your games yeah. that, that Game- Netflix can do with their movies and TV shows yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, like, yeah, that's weird, right? Like, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and then going into all the details about, like, how personally invested Apple got into trying to prevent Netflix from, from removing their subscription um, from their app, which that seems like a really gross level of involvement. Oh yeah. From with all those that says supposed to just be this hands off yeah, yeah. app store with, with all those emails back and forth being like, what kind of punitive okay. actions can we take? Like, can we not feature them in the app store anymore? And like, like yeah, all this really crazy stuff. Like I, something seems really wrong there. But it's, I mean, um, Netflix then, is a good example, though, in that, like, that's an app that if Apple, like, Apple is in a, a no-win situation with that, because, like, if they would have decided, like, okay, well, Netflix just isn't allowed on the App Store anymore, I mean, that is potentially something that, as we've said before on, on this kind of thing, like, that is something that normal people, when they're getting their next phone, might be like, oh, well, I mean, I can't get Netflix on the iPhone, so, yeah, like, maybe I'll get an Android phone next time. That's a reason to switch, yeah. Just like hardcore gamer people would be like, man, I can't play Xbox on my phone. I I will seriously consider an Android now. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 weird. And then I've been saying ever way before this trial even started that Apple keeps shooting themselves in the foot, talking about how all app developers get treated the same. Because the more times you say that, we know it's not true. Oh yeah, and there's a a a million different examples of that. And a lot of them are coming out during this trial or whatever. Um, they, they would have been smarter to say, yeah, we treat a lot of developers differently depending on who you are, because that's the way it is. Well, I just, <clears throat> but I the just, more they harp on like, I don't get it. The app stores treats everyone the same. So, yeah. you know, it's this level playing field thing or whatever, but then they're going and talking about how they can do all this special stuff just to keep Netflix. And it's like, that's your, I don't know. I feel like you're contradicting yourself and putting yourself in a bad spot. So I think those things might um, turn the tide in, in what the judge ultimately decides. But I kind of agree with you that there's not going to be some definitive. Here's the here's the ruling or one winner, one loser. It's going to be like a some weird something else. But yeah, I don't I, I don't know. It's just it, more than anything else. What is surprising me about this is like how much of this stuff is actually an email between Apple like high level Apple people that I would think would know better than to like write a lot of this stuff down in text. Yeah. As opposed to being like, let's discuss it on a call. So, you know, when Uh we eventually get sued being one of the biggest fucking companies in the world, they can't (laughs) use all our idle chit chat about like, you know, punishing Netflix and shit like that against us. Like, I just, I don't know. seems incredibly stupid to me too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> not to, uh, but totally yeah, so 
What's the house update then to answer the last part uh, of the question? So, yeah, I don't know if I talked about this on the show or not, but so we're not doing a second story. Did we, did I talk about that before? Did I tell I you know, that? You told me that, but I don't remember if that was on the... <clears throat> I don't know if it was on the show or not, but so originally we were going to do a second story and then um, we came up with another idea. Um, the guy who came out, our drafter, basically the guy that did all our measurements and is drawing up our construction plans, um, was, is a super nice guy and has been doing it for like 30 years. So he's got a lot of experience and stuff. And so he was really helpful in just like suggesting things and giving us ideas on what to do. Um, which I thought was nice instead of someone could have been like, you know, do whatever you want, draw a second story, like, cool, boom, done. Yeah. Um, instead of being like, well, maybe there's some other options and some cheaper options and some easier options. Um, cause it was going to definitely be a major thing to reinforce our house for a second story. Yeah. That seemed crazy uh, to me when you brought that up, I was like, holy shit, yeah. like that's a major, major thing. Well, you walk around my neighborhood and you see a, like, you know, lots and lots of houses similar to ours that yeah. have a second story above their garage. It's a pretty normal thing to do, but a lot of those too, you wonder like what, when were they built and were they permitted? Were they done right? Like whatever. Um, so yeah, if you want to do it like the right way, it's a long and expensive process or whatever. And so, so our new plan is to, um, we're actually expanding out and we're going to kind of like, um, close in the, uh, in front of my front porch um, which will give us a room about 200 square feet to be a new living room and a new entryway and stuff. Um, and then we're going to tear down our original front wall. So that new addition room will connect to what used to be our old living room. That'll actually, that's naturally now our, our dining room. And so it'll be one big dining room, living room, great room that you walk into. Um, and then we're going to switch where my kitchen is now, we're going to put into to what was the old dining room. And then the old kitchen is going to become the fourth bedroom that we need. So <clears throat> this way, it's going to be a lot cheaper and a lot easier um, to basically pour a new foundation where our front planner was and our front porch and stuff. Yeah. And then you tie it into the existing foundation, um, which is a lot easier than digging out your foundation and reinforcing under it for a second story. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd be really curious. Like, like if you wanted to do like the aggressive second story thing, like how much, yeah. how much more expensive is it to just fucking like knock your house down and just like start fresh compared to like yeah. reinforcing so much stuff and, um, a lot. So it's, this option will be cheaper, but I think in the long run, it's not going to be as cheaper. It's not going to be like, drastically drastic it's still going to be an expensive job and you're still adding an addition to your house yeah um but i think it's going to be faster and easier and we should be able to live in the house while the construction's happening too That's which cool. is another thing which i don't i don't think we could <clears throat> going the other route yeah um so all those things combined kind of make it a better um option in addition to it being cheaper but yeah because there's weird things too with like um with like city approvals and city permits and the fees they charge you and stuff like that based on how much square footage you add to your house and where you expand it to and stuff like that. Um, and so some of that stuff can be more expensive for a first story addition as opposed to a second story addition. And so in a lot of ways they can, they, you yeah, know, I don't know, I don't know anything about that stuff. That's it, there's a lot of dumb bullshit basically yeah. when you're building a house and trying to do it properly and permitted and stuff. I have friends who bought, they bought a house. It's like a 
two bedroom and um but it has this crazy extremely steep roof and then the attic space is just massive it's like basically a frame sort story. of thing like kind a, of yeah. and so they they have this whole attic space that the previous owners never bothered doing anything with but it's it's like well way more than enough room and you need for like headroom for a second floor yeah and so they bought the house specifically going like oh we're going to build a second floor up there because they have two kids um and they need they need at least one more bedroom um and so my my friend's dad is a contractor just a regular general contractor so he helped them do all this stuff and they did it all without going through the city and without getting permits and stuff like that they did it all on the low yep um that's how you do it I mean, it's fine um, if you're ha- if that second floor falls down someday, <laughs> like that sucks. Like I don't think that's likely to happen or whatever. And then another weird thing is like the way they had to build their staircase to go up. It's like a staircase that goes up one way, and then there's a little landing, and then it goes up the other way. And um, it's fully not to like spec. It's like a weird extra tall stairs, extra steep. And you know, like right away walking on it, you're like, these stairs aren't right at all. <laughs> and before they had their railings up for it, it was like a death trap. Huh. And they have dogs, big dogs that run around the house, get all crazy and stuff like that. And we're just like waiting. And they have two pretty young kids. I think they're like 10 and 8 or something like that. So it's like, man, and they finally have railings up. But even now, they're like, it's steep stairs. So um, I'm a big fan of doing stuff. I don't know. Me personally, on... I'd rather pay more and wait through the whole dumb process to make sure it's all done right. And, you know, also if you ever go to sell the house, that's going to matter because they can't count any of that as their own square footage because it's all illegal stuff. And so if they wanted to sell their house, they can't sell it as having a second story with a, a master suite. Well, unless the state wants to come out and approve them for all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they're not planning on moving, but you never know what will happen. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of doing stuff on the down low in general. <laughs> I think it depends on what it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, a major, major renovation is probably not a great idea, but yeah, uh, we live on a very busy street and we're yeah, building you would get up. narked out immediately. We'd get narked out pretty easily. So, but, um, then, you know, doing a second story, like if we had the attic space, I might try to finish it and not do anything, just do it on the sly or whatever. But, um, we don't have the headroom. If we, we'd have to do, crazy dormers or something to give us usable space yeah. in our attic space, the way our, our roofs are pitched. But so anyway, so that's the plan. Um, we're going out, not up. And, uh, the drawings are in the works and, um, next week they should be finished, sent for a final approval from me and PM. And then, um, once we give them the final approval to go to the city, and then we just cross our fingers that the city is quick. See. And then once everything's approved through the city, then we can start uh, ripping things up. Now, if you have a third kid, they're going to need to like live in some SpongeBob house in the bottom of your pool. I know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about that. Um, I guess the, the other thing, too, is like, say we um, do need that extra space someday. I mean, you can still always go up. You know, you can go... Th- do the whole thing that we were going to do down the road or, or whatever. Your house is going to look like the house from what remains of Edith Finch pretty soon. Do you ever play that game? No, oh, but I just imagine a weird patchwork house. That's yeah. actually the house next door to us. It's kind of like that. And, um, the old guy that used to live there, 
um, I think did a lot of the work himself back in the seventies and you can kind of tell like their garage edition is, um, it just looks very patchwork together. He built, he like extended out a, a big kitchen, like sunroom and all this crazy stuff. And so, but they just sold that house and everything got passed. So I guess he did it right. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, so all the stuff that I did around here, um, mm-hmm. I was, I, I did it and then I kind of got worried for a while. Like, Oh my God, like if I go to sell this and like the inspector comes and like, you know, it was like, Oh, you need to do like rewire this house or whatever. But I was thinking about it for a while and I was like, man, you know, I've had, I've gone through two home inspections and the inspector fucking sucked on both of them. So like yeah. the chances of them like doing anything more than being like, mm, this door closes a little funny seems right. unlikely to me. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think, uh, what the heck did I just do? Did I, did my video change for you? <laughs> no, you seem fine. Um, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm fine with this particular thing, doing it um, with everything getting approved and doing it all the right way and, and whatever. But I'm not an anti do the shit yourself. I feel like it should. You should be able to do that, yeah. um, too. So, yeah, I feel like I screwed up uh, my Skype view. Oh, Skype yeah. keeps bugging me to update. And Are you fine? Fine by me, buddy. I'm like, never update. Um, so anyway, all that was due to Glenn emailing us. Thanks for the email and uh, sparking all of that conversation. Um, uh, I don't pimp it enough, but send us emails. Podcast at touchrk.com. We like getting emails. Don't be shy. You can say whatever the heck you like, and uh, we'll read it on the air unless you say something real bad. Um so I guess we could jump into video game talk, more of it, I yes. guess, because Epic Apple sort of counts, I guess. Um, if I can find... Man, so I, I'm super there. into League of Legends Wild Rift, by the way. If I haven't talked about that for a oh, while. Yeah. I completed the yeah. fucking battle pass in it already. I've, oh, really? I have uh, 58 days, or I guess 57 days left on it now. It's already done. It's already done? Oh, um, man. They have to beat that thing up for you. Yeah. Yeah, no. How much money? Uh well, nothing really because um you, you get a by playing a lot, you just get a lot of the free currency and um yeah, That's what I've heard. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really feel compelled to buy skins anymore, particularly because I bought so many on like the PC side of things. I'm just like, oh, I don't really want to rebuy this. Like I don't really yeah. care that much. Yeah. Um but yeah, unlocking the different champions and stuff. I have basically every character that i care about and now i'm just kind of slowly unlocking the rest of them which that's cool you know it's cool it uh works out good to play the shit out of it on my ipad um yeah <laughs> uh, it runs at 120 frames per second on the the ipad pro with the fancy oh, really? screen so it looks really good when you play yeah. it um uh, i don't know i sure hope they bring that to iphones this year it is on iphones i just i just typically play it on my ipad the 120 hertz thing. Oh, 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 I thought you meant the game. No, no, no. Yeah. No, I just meant that. All the fancy iPad Pro stuff oh, they always yeah. have. That would be cool. That actually might make me rebuy um, the next iPhone. Other than I was yeah. planning on just sitting this one out. I think it's like, I don't know. I such there's such incremental upgrades now that. Yeah. No, I agree. I um, I always say that and then end up buying one. But like, so we skipped 
They skipped um, the 10S and then got, because what are we on, 12? We're on 12, right? Mm-hmm. Um, skipped the 10S and then um, when the 11 came out, it wasn't drastically different to um, the one before it, right? But I was like, oh man, but I skipped a year. I think I should get one now. And especially Apple Arcade was coming out, and one of my reasons was like, I want to have something good to run Apple Arcade games, so I know yeah. if they're if it's my device that sucks or what. Um, and so I got one, but it was very it was definitely an underwhelming upgrade. It was kind of like, eh, I don't well, know, it's you, not that different than my the, iPhone 10. Like the Pro, you got the normal. I the got working man's the phone. normal this time. I got the Pro last time. The 11, I got the Pro. Yeah. Um, so this last year, when the 12 came out, and it had the the much, much preferred squared off design. Um, I decided to upgrade again and, um, I'm happy with it. I love my iPhone 12, even though it's not pro it's blue and I love the blue. Um, so I always say like, it's, it's easy to say like when they announce new iPhones, like I'm just going to sit this one out. I don't care, but then they'll announce it and I'll be like, get the gadget fever yeah, and like want enough. it. Um, so we'll see, but I, I do kind of wish for a more substantial upgrade um, to want to actually change phones from what I have now. Because what I have now has been great. I like the size. I like the performance. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. It's always at least exciting to see what they announce. Yeah. I like seeing the new iPhone. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, on to game discussion. Uh, not a ton happening this week, but I... Uh, Wanted to point your eyeballs to a couple of features that we did that I think are pretty nice. Um, Mikhail put together this a new iOS controller buyer's guide. Um, we did one a couple of years ago when I think it was iOS 13 came out, and that was the one that added like the native Xbox and PS4 controller support. Um, and so he did a big guide on basically like what's the best controller to buy out of all the weird MFI ones or now this Xbox and PS4 stuff. Um, so with iOS 14.5, which just came out uh, a month ago or a couple weeks ago, um, they added Xbox Series X and PS5 DualSense controller support native. So um, he thought it was a good idea to do another guide, and I agreed. And uh, he put together a really nice guide. Took a lot of um, pictures of the different controllers he has and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. And then talked a lot about each one, the pros and the cons and how they work. And um, if it's even worth it to even buy an MFI controller anymore, if you should just yeah. go with one of these. Um, I mean, I feel like it goes without saying, if you own one of these consoles that the controller works with your iOS, keep using that as an iOS controller if that's what you want. Buy a clip or, what, or whatever. Um, it doesn't really make sense to go and buy an, an entire separate thing just to be an iOS controller. Um, unless you want something like the backbone that like holsters your phone. But, um, if you're just going to buy a, a, a standalone controller anyway, and you already have one around, that's good enough. Um, but it is interesting to note the new controllers that are supported, the series X and the PS five, um, do have some interesting functionality into iOS now. Yeah. That was surprising. Um, one of them is you can like, that they added that. Yeah, stuff. you can go in and remap all the buttons, which I thought was really cool. Um, and then they natively, I I don't think this is true of the PS5 right now. Uh, maybe it is, but for sure the Xbox Series X, um, the like share button does things in iOS now 
um, and allows you to, I think, take screenshots and record video or do whatever. So like, it's cool that it's like these specific to the console buttons are being incorporated into iOS functionality, which which is pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> and then of course the old something that's always been the case is um, if you just straight up prefer the like symmetrical analog sticks or the asymmetrical analog sticks, I feel like that's going to be a big mm. deciding factor for yeah. you too. Cause you either prefer a PS controller or a Xbox controller. You know what I mean? I'm a offset. I'm an Xbox controller person and I feel like it's weird when they're symmetrical analog sticks. So, um, yeah, I don't really have a strong opinion either way. Like I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, have you used a PS five controller? No, I haven't touched a PS five controller yet. I haven't been able to find a fucking PS five to buy for one. And right. I don't know anyone that has one either. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, uh, I've heard a lot of people, I mean, the controller has been one of the big, um, surprises that everyone's been like, you know, really impressed with, with the PS five. Um, I guess the controller, the, the all around experience is really good. All the different things it can do or whatever, but, um, just the feel of it. And Mikhail says this in, in his, in this guide too, he says that it just feels good in the hand. Um, so that's kind of like a interesting thing to, to consider too, is like how good something just feels to hold and use. Um, I'm really curious to, play a ps5 i haven't played one either but hear nothing but good things about their controller but unfortunately like even like the ps remote play app has not been updated with ps5 support so even if you have a ps5 controller and you want to use it for remote play it's going to more or less be exactly the same as using a ps4 controller it's not going to use any of the special new stuff like ps5 specific stuff or whatever um, I'd like to think Sony's going to update that and fix that, but like it's Sony and who knows, I mean, they probably yeah. will, but it's not like a priority for them or anything. So, yeah, it's, uh, it seems like these different like consoles, like they're really not into updating things that support stuff outside of their ecosystem. Like, yeah. like for instance, I've got a, an LG TV and, um, you know, the new, the new Xbox and, um, yeah. You know that oh God, what is it called? HDMI CEC or whatever the stuff is that like allows you to like devices to talk to each other through HDMI. So like yeah. when yeah, you turn yeah. your Xbox on, it turns on the TV and vice versa. Right. Um, so it it like basically doesn't work with my LG TV, and there's like all yeah. these people complaining online. Microsoft's just like, hey, it's fucking LG's problem, and LG's like, it's Microsoft's problem. Like I don't know why they're not using you know the the normal yeah. format. So it's just like okay, well yeah. I guess it's just never gonna work. So that's neat. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it, I'm glad I'm still on stupid 1080p TVs and, um, oh, you have need my a 4k TV same. for so cheap now. It's stupid. I'm sure you can, but I just don't care. And, um, but it's also, I've never run into the problem that I've seen a lot of people deal with online where, um, HDMI standards are like all over the place. It's like USB-C where you're like, oh, it's all the same connector. Mm-hmm. Everything should just work, but it doesn't at all. And like certain cables, certain inputs on the TV, certain inputs on the device you're connecting. There's this whole world of like this really specific information you need to learn to see what works with what or whatever. When the whole point of having standardized connectors like this, they should just work for everybody. You can just be an idiot and buy the right input and and it should do what you want it to do. But that's not the case at all. And I have run into that problem a lot with USB-C. Yes. And it well, drives me crazy. So what's crazy in the the um, audio video world is, um, so I haven't had my surround sound system hooked up like for 
well over a year now. You know, I was back in my uh-huh. Chicago house. I had that set up and I was just like, you know, it's a rainy day here. And I was like, you know, I was going to do stuff outside, but it, you know, rained yeah. all day. And I was like, oh, what other kind of junk can I noodle around with? I was like, oh, I know I'll set up my stereo stuff. I haven't, yeah. it's in a box somewhere. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, so when I bought the current receiver that I have now, which was probably, mm-hmm. God, like 2018 or so, it's old, you know, that was mm-hmm. when Dolby Vision was brand new. And mm. I specifically remember the reason I bought this one was because they were saying it was going to have Dolby Vision support added in an update later. Yeah. And because I was like, oh, cool. Well, I, I, you know, I'll probably eventually have a TV with Dolby Vision and like, you know, yeah. other stuff will support Dolby Vision. So like I'll spend a little bit more money on getting something that's a bit more future proof because like right. before I replaced my old, old receiver, I had that thing since like I was in fucking high school, you know, like it yeah. was. Because you don't replace stereo stuff very often, right? Right. And um, would you like to guess whether or not it ever was updated to support Dolby Vision? Because you can probably guess the answer to that. I'm going to guess no. Correct. And so (laughs) the funny thing is, like, I was was then looking around. I was like, oh, well, this fucking sucks. Like, um, and I was like, well, now I have the new Xbox, which has, like, the new HDMI standard, Uh 1.4, whatever it is it's called. Uh Um. And uh, I was like, well, shit, I, I guess if I need something new for Dolby Vision, I should look for something that also works with this new HDMI. And yeah. mother fucking Denon is doing the exact same shit again, where they're selling a receiver <laughs> that doesn't work with it yet. But it says like right on the box, like, oh, there's an update coming to support this thing. I was like, you guys already got me with this once. Man, man. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um and that's it's it's stupid that it should even be like that. Yeah. You should be able to buy whatever dumb surround sound system you want. It should work with whatever TV you end up buying. It should work with whatever game system you have. All that stuff. That's why there's standards, right? Yeah. Or you so, would think, but that's like not how think. it works. Because now no, there's because like every stupid company has to have their own specific yeah. proprietary not not proprietary hardware anymore. It's proprietary like software and codecs and stuff. And yeah. it's like so annoying well now i mean it's it's i mean i don't know like i probably should pay more attention to this kind of stuff but i just like don't really care anymore um yeah because it's like you know when you go buy a 4k tv it's like okay well do you just want a 4k tv that does like 60 frames a second do you want one that does 60 frames a second with dolby vision do you want one that does the new 120 frames per second with dolby vision because they all just are 4k tvs and you gotta like really dig into like the nitty-gritty of like what they can do which like to me it I don't know, like that, that was what I liked so much about like everything settling on 1080p, right? Because it was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause remember when the HD stuff first came out, it was like, okay, so there's 480i, 480p, 720p, 1080i, 1080p. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was like, yeah. like this sucks. Like, cause a lot of the early yeah. TVs only were 720p or 1080i. So when everything right. settled on 1080p, it was like, oh shit, my TV doesn't do the thing that ended up being the standard. This yeah. sucks. Right. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, it's annoying. I actually have um I bought uh I think I think you recommended this this battery oh, yeah. pack for That's as a Nintendo one. Switch battery pack. Mm-hmm. Um so I bought it a few years ago and um it's you a great a battery Rav pack. Rav Power it, Brick. It, yeah, it charges the uh Switch great. And then um <clears throat> no. it, I bought it also because it could charge a MacBook too. Oh cool. And um so I I the other day we don't have power in our big living room still because the, the one that got hit by the car. Um, and so it's really annoying. Like all the outlets, I used to have like long 
cords to plug in stuff to charge. Like if you're sitting on the couch and charge your laptop or whatever, like I can't use any of that stuff. And so Pam's laptop was dying. And um, I ran in here and grabbed this bad boy and was like, here you go. Come to save the day with my battery pack for your laptop. And we could not get it to charge. Oh, really? And it's so weird because it charges my MacBook Air. And hers is like a year or two older than mine, but it still should charge fine because it it's one of the ones that I think comes with. Um, I forget the wattage of the brick it comes with, but like it, it there's no reason this shouldn't be able to charge a MacBook Air. Yeah. Uh, could not get it to work for the life of us and had to go in the other room and plug it in. And it was just super annoying. And so now I'm like and then the same thing, like I I can use I can use this to charge my Win Max, but it's the um Whatever the amp amperage and the voltages of, of these things, like it, it supports a variety. Um, you'll plug it into the Win Max, and the Max will actually charge this. And so you, interesting. They know that that's a possibility, so you can actually hold the button down and flip what's charging what. Mm-hmm. And so when I plug it in, it starts charging the brick instead, and I hold the button down. And it makes some weird noise that doesn't sound right. And then it starts charging my Win Max. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with this. Yeah, like, that's weird. I know that's what they tell you to do, but it just the sounds it makes and stuff like that. And so here I am with this like rap power that I've been happy with and has done what I've needed to do up until this point. But now I'm like looking for a new battery pack that can just be like the one battery pack that I need to charge all the dumb things I have. But then how long will that last until I buy some yeah. other new thing? doesn't work with or or whatever so yeah i have that irritation with um so i had a uh i think i had a i don't know what i had before so i think 13 inch macbook pro with um usb c Mm -hmm. and um got this belkin usb c dock for it so i could you know hook it up to monitor and shit which i usually use my computer i'm not like out and about um and then i got the 16 inch macbook pro like a you know two years ago or something like that and what's annoying is the fucking this bigger computer um, so the, the Belkin dock has like 115 watt power supply or something crazy like that. Um, mm-hmm. and this I think takes 120 watt. So like uh-huh. I will be doing stuff on my computer and, and like, there's, there's a threshold of like, you know, when it goes into like hovercraft mode, it's yeah. actually stops charging and starts draining the battery uh, because <laughs> like, it's not able to deliver like that extra five Watts or no whatever. Which right. is so annoying because, like, these yeah. docks are expensive. You know, I'm not going to, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, it's super which, frustrating. Again, standards like, uh, need to be standards for a reason. Well, like, all the, the power delivery standard for USB-C is, like, all over the place with what supports what. And then there's, like, quick charge standard. There's, like, a smart charge standard. There's, like, yeah. all these different standards. And then there's all these different things of, like, you know, USB-C is supposed to, and, and the, the power delivery standard is supposed to, like, negotiate. So, like, if you had a 100-watt thing, but you had a thing that could only take 30 watts, it's supposed to know, hey, only give me 30 watts of your 100-watt charger. But that's not always the case. And depending on the cable, the cable yeah. has to have, like, special chips in it to, to make that handshake. So you could, you could if you're not careful, deliver way too much power to something and fry it. And like yeah, ruin well, your laptop or ruin your whatever game system or, or something. It just seems like the whole thing drives me nuts. They're not more problems arising every day from just average people. They're like, I don't know. I bought a USB C cable. It says USB C, and it says it charges. And I tried to charge my thing, 
and it smoked and caught on fire. <laughs> like, yeah, that like, that, like that should be happening more. That was one of my big excitements when everything was like starting to switch with, to USB C. I was like, oh, finally, like one charger to rule yeah. them all. This is amazing. And it's like, well, that's but, not really nope. the case. Yeah, so, so frustrating. So anyway, but yeah. rants aside, uh, go check out our controller guide if you haven't yet. It's good. Um, and then another feature that Sean did this week, which I thought was nice, was uh, the 10 best shoot 'em up games for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, no particular order, all based on his opinion. All very good picks. Um, shoot 'em ups are something that is not lacking on the Switch at all. And so um, it's nice to have a guide like this to uh, look through and see if there's anything that you've missed. Isn't there a few too that think- like you can actually play in like uh, portrait mode? So, yeah, there are. You can play with the flip grip, which yeah. where is my grip? I have flip grip around here somewhere. But um, yeah, there's a few of them that you can. So uh, which is nice because so many of those old arcade games were designed for like a longer portrait screen. Yeah. Um, and so it's always felt so dumb to play it on a landscape screen with like a weird windowed smaller thing or whatever. Um, so anyway, check out this, the top 10 shoot 'em ups for Switch. Uh, if you've got a Switch and you want to shoot something, um, lots of good games, lots of good recommendations, and uh, always fun reading anything that Sean writes about. Yeah. And then moving into a couple of news stories from this week that were interesting, um, Horizon Chase, a game we've talked about many times before and is one of our favorites, um, finally got the uh, Summer Vibes expansion pack. This was something that came out. So Horizon Chase was originally a mobile game. Gosh, 2015 or something I want to launch. And um, and then like a year or two later, it came to <clears throat> consoles and PC and stuff like that. Yeah. And the consoles and PC versions were different. Um, it had a lot of the same stuff, but it also had a lot of its own stuff because, um, especially on the Switch, it was very geared towards um, you could like play co-op or, you know, not co-op, but like local multiplayer and stuff like that. Um, and then it had a whole bunch of online racing built in and stuff like that, that I believe at the time the, uh, mobile version didn't have anything like that. So, and then it also got like its own exclusive, like new content stuff. And so one of those was the summer vibes expansion. Um, and I always thought it was kind of weird that like they didn't like the two versions didn't have parity between each other, like local couch co-op stuff aside, like maybe that doesn't make sense for mobile, but like content wise, they should be more the same game and they kind of weren't, they're almost like two different games. And so, um, I think slowly they're, they're trying to move into kind of merging everything into one to where the mobile game and the console and PC games, um, aside from those weird things like multiplayer will have basically the same content or whatever. Yeah. And so today, uh, the, um, summer vibes pack launched. It basically comes with a car that, is basically the the Ferrari from Outrun, I think, but without calling it the Ferrari. And um, comes with some new skins you can unlock for it, and then it comes with um, a set of new tracks as uh, the Summer Vibes pack or, or whatever it's called. Um, and so the cool thing about Horizon Chase on mobile is that um, it was a paid game at first, and then it switched to free-to-play, and there were some technical hiccups along the way, but ultimately... If you owned the paid version before, you basically got like the royal treatment in the new free version or whatever. You got all the the premium stuff unlocked for you or whatever. Um, 
And so that's still the case, except this is actually a DLC pack. Um, and so it's, it's, it's an extra cost, but it's on sale right now for half off. So it's only a dollar. So if you like Horizon Chase, I think it's well worth buying. And if you had owned it before and maybe haven't played it in a while, uh, it's worth downloading and then going into the options and hitting restore because it'll basically give you the um, premium pass or whatever they call it. I forget what they call it um, that you normally have to pay for. So, and then you could buy for a limited time for just a dollar. You could buy this new um, DLC pack for it, which I think is pretty cool. So, whew. also they've kind of uh, added a whole brand new like store section into the game, which you can tell going forward. This is why I also think it's going to be. They're trying to get everything in line between all the different versions to kind of have everything be the same. Um, sets things up for future DLC and uh, new content and stuff like that. So anyway, Horizon Chase is awesome. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite racing games of all time. I think it's way better on mobile than it is on console. I, I do I too. I, I have it. Um, it's it's, on it's one of these games. Yeah, I have it on Switch here. It's it's like one of these games where I, I feel like it's it's fine on Switch, but it yeah like should be played on your phone. I think there's something about it that just feels right on mobile. Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's great anywhere you play. I I have the PC version too, and it's good. But it's like the mobile one for whatever reason. It just feels like the kind of game that's easy to pull out and just play for a few minutes at a time beat a couple races or whatever um and that just suits mobile well so i don't know but i agree with you i like it best on mobile and so that's why i want to see it get all the same content too but so anyway horizon chase check it out if you haven't before it's free to try you get a bunch of levels to try out in the demo version and then there's like a premium unlock or whatever but like i said if you owned it before just restore your purchases and uh there you go yeah that's cool and then this is weird to talk about because it's actually uh, we have like an ad company that sends us some sponsored articles. Um, so usually, not always, but usually when you see a sponsored article on our site, it's from this ad company and it was written by someone else. Um, and I just like gussy it up and make it look like, you know, a, you know, something we would post on our site and whatever. <clears throat> but um in this case, it's like the kind of news that we would have easily posted about anyway. So yeah. it's like always a weird situation. It's always to be awkward. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, we're, like, oh, we're pay oh you. okay. Yeah. So um, we would have talked about this either way, but this is actually a sponsored post. So worth mentioning, I guess. But uh, My Time at Porsche is announced for mobile and will be launching this summer on iOS and Android. Um, this is one of those games I have not looked into a whole lot myself, but I just know the name. And um, know that uh, it's got a pretty big fan base on um, consoles and, and PC. So um, I want to kind of say it's like Stardew Valley, but in 3D. Um, okay. I think that's maybe doing it justice, but maybe not quite at the level of a Stardew Valley, which really does all its mechanical stuff pretty perfectly. I think I've heard that this game can be a little rough in certain areas, but overall the idea of it, is kind of that um, you, there's sort of like a a big event that kind of causes this weird uh, dystopian future or whatever that you're trying to um, like rebuild rebuild your life after this event or whatever, and so you have to like build a little 
town, expand the town of Portia or whatever, and do farming and do all that resource management stuff. And then there's also dungeons you can go in to fight. And so, so really, to me, as someone that's never played it, it sounds a lot like something like Stardew Valley. Yeah. But um, whew, yeah, they uh, released a trailer so you can see it in action. It's definitely like a 3D game. So that's something that differentiates it. But it does look really cool. It definitely looks like um, something I'd prefer to play on my phone. So yay to that. Um, they also specifically mentioned that they've revamped the uh, interface and the control system so that it works real good on touchscreens, which uh, that's always nice. So we'll see. No specific release date. They just say this summer, and uh, that's right around the corner. So hopefully in the next couple months. But Yeah, have you have you ever heard of the game? Um, this is on my short list of shit that I want to play. Um, God, what the fuck was it called? Um, hang on. I'm, uh, everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Oh no, I've I've always wanted to play that too. Yeah, it's kind of uh, sounds vaguely similar with kind of like the whole like oh something weird happened and like you know you're oh really kind of like figuring it out. Yeah, I've kind of I, I it's one of these games that I really want to play, but I feel like it's coming to mobile because um, the same developer uh, made that little Orpheus game that is on Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. It's the, the, the developer is the Chinese room. All right. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I have always wanted to play this. And uh, yeah, they have, um, don't they have other games on, uh, like, didn't Dear Esther come to mobile? And uh, maybe I'm crazy. But anyway, yeah, that would be cool to uh, try that one out too. Also on my list of things to check out that I'll probably never get around to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Add that to the very, there's, there's like, there's, several tiers of lists for me it's like games that i want to check out that i bought on the switch and and never even launched once and then like the next tier is games i definitely really want to play but just haven't bought anywhere yet yeah that's (laughs) that's where this lands yeah i had to finally stop um buying pc games on sale because they never stop being on sale yeah it's like the app store really it's like oh man i have this huge i have a wish list with hundreds of games on it and any given weekend or even weekday really anymore, um, it'll be like, oh, this game plus 35 others are on sale on Steam. And it's like, oh, man, $250. Yeah, or, that game's normally $40. I should buy it right now. But it's like, who cares? It's going to be 250 again in another month. Yeah. And I'm not going to play it before then anyway. So Yeah, or, or in a humble bundle with 30 other games <laughs> for $3. That <laughs> Exactly. I mean, there's been a couple times where there's been a bundle where it's like, uh, what's the fan fantastical? I think is the company that, uh, it's like a bundle. Yeah. Fantastical. Um, Oh yeah. That's yeah. a dangerous website. Cause they'll be like, Oh, here's like $400 worth of games. And it's like a 99 cent bundle. And you're like, I only really want like two of those, but like 99 cents for those two games is cheaper than buying those yeah. two games. by themselves. So right. I guess I'll get these 30 other games that come in the bundle or whatever. I actually am in, uh, discord where people share keys to games that they get in bundles for games that they either don't want or already have and it's a pretty active flow of of people sending uh keys to other people which is kind of cool actually in a way but so yeah 
poor PC game market. I guess yeah. it's probably been like this for a long time. I've just never noticed because I've never paid attention to the PC market, but it's so similar to App Store. Yeah, I read some, I don't remember what the stat was, but it was like there, some, I don't, it was like something to do with um, the amount of games people have in their Steam library and like how many of those actually were launched. And it was like, some yeah. totally crazy number of like people just have an unbelievable amount of games and have played like almost none of them. 0.08% have ever yeah. been launched. <laughs> I get it, man. It's a problem. It's a weird problem because I don't know. I guess, I mean, you could look at stuff like there's way more movies that I would like to see that I'll never see and haven't yeah. seen. You know what I mean? And I guess I probably had the same problem with when DVDs were a thing because I would always buy DVDs when they were on sale of movies that I wanted that I think I would watch. And I have so many that have never been taken out of the wrapper. And so I think it's not an exclusive to video games problem, but um, I don't know. I guess it's like a, a free time average person's free time problem. Cause yeah. that's the biggest problem is, is not being able to have free time to do all these things that you wish you could do. So. And, uh, I always have the problem of like going back to like what's comfortable. So it's like, yeah, I have all these games I've always wanted to play, but like I'll play through Super Mario three again, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a no, thousandth time because it's fun way. still. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll, I'll get like steam going on my computer and be like, Oh, I should download some of these games that are played and then just play FTL for the 10 billionth time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I know it's not just us. I know everybody has that same sort yeah. of problem. I really admire the people that are like, I have this backlog and I spent the whole year going through it. Like they'll post at the end of the year, like post their list of the games they completed that year. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to do something like that, but I just haven't ever. So yeah. Pandemic year probably would have been the year to do that. But. No shit. Right. Which <laughs> now it'll never happen. Now it's too late. Um, so anyway, my time at Portia coming to mobile this summer. More news coming on that, I'm sure. And then this was just announced just before we started recording. Um, Ubisoft has announced that there's going to be a The Division mobile game. Um, I've never played The Division. I don't know if you have or not. Mm. It's like um, sort of like a, it's kind of funny because the first one launched in 2016 and it's like the Tom Clancy average like, you know, shooter or whatever. But it takes place in New York City after the world has been ravaged by a virus. And so you're sort of like trying to rebuild society after this whole thing happened. And then, of course, we had a real virus happen. And so it's kind of like weird yeah. that, uh, you know government conspiracy yeah it's kind of the uh, same same deal with like the last of us 2 coming out like in like the yeah. height of like the the initial covid wave and it being yeah. just kind of weird that i was like i don't know if i'm in the mood to play like a pandemic destroyed the right. world kind of thing yeah so anyway um you know it's your your average tom glancy uh tactical military shooter whatever kind of thing but um I guess it's a very popular series, broke a bunch of sales records for Ubisoft and um, had a really popular like multiplayer and online community and stuff like that. And then in 2019, they launched a sequel called The Division 2. And um, that one has gotten uh, a couple big expansions since launch. And there's more that had already been announced that's still coming out for it or whatever. And so today they sort of just did a, a like state of the division universe blog post, um, basically reconfirming that the, the previously announced like new content for the division two is coming out. But then they also announced a brand new game 
called The Division Heartland, and it's going to be a free-to-play game for consoles and PC. And um, my my money's on it being a battle royal. Um, probably what they want to do is they want some of that sweet Call of Duty Warzone action. Yeah. Um, God, and I based on the so logo and stuff like that. that. Dumbass game. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. Um, So based on their little teaser image and the fact that it's called Heartland, um, I'm guessing it takes place in one of the Heartland states. America's Heartland, which would make sense for a Battle Royal game to be like in the, you know, I don't know, Great Plains of Arkansas or something. You know, it's crazy thinking about like these stupid um, like cosmetic unlocks that have just become like completely normalized now, right? Like the... Like, remember when horse armor was a thing? Like, how much did horse armor... Actually, actually, let me type that into Google. How much... I think it was four ninety nine. Probably, what, 2006? Cost? Uh, five bucks. I remember yeah. that was, like, just... like That was the biggest Broke people's ever. brains that you could buy a cosmetic yeah. thing in a game for $5, right? It was just, yeah. like, you are... This yeah. is so expensive, and you are just out yeah. of your mind if you buy this. And like it the was price the of biggest deal ever. And the price of these things has just been like creeping up, right? And now, God, in fucking Warzone, like I've gotten to the point where this has become so normalized that I'm like, oh, cool, a new skin pack for a gun. Oh, you get a you get a custom execution animation too. It's only twenty bucks. Yeah, oh my only god, look at all yeah. the stuff you get. And it's just like, yeah. I don't know. I was I was laughing with my friends last night because we when we log into Warzone, we were like, well, hang on, I got to check the store before we can even join the party and play. Make sure there's not anything <laughs> cool I need to buy. At what point does it just be like, let's party up and dress up our guys? I mean, that that is what it is. I mean, it's seriously no joke because they um, they added this thing where um, so the the gun skins are called blueprints and like the way that a blueprint works is it like comes with a specific loadout. So when you buy that skin by default, it'll have like a, an optic and a barrel and like everything else, like all the different individual pieces you can swap out or like theme to match that particular mm-hmm. blueprint. Um, mm-hmm. but you can then like customize it further. And like, you know, if you want a different optic on your gun, you can like swap yeah. out, you know, like the red dot for two X or whatever, but it just yeah. won't have the look of the, the skin that you bought. Like as you replace other parts, like the skin kind of goes away until it's just sort of like the main part of the gun still has that design mm-hmm. of it. Um, mm-hmm. so they recently did a change where you can, um, as you equip other components, if you have a skin, if you have a different blueprint, that has that component skin to match, you can bring in that like skinned piece. So now it's like, mm-hmm. it really is like playing dress up for your guns because <laughs> it's like, it's like, Oh, I like this like main skin, but you know, if I pull in this optic from this other skin, like it matches really good with the green. It's just, it is so yeah. fucking dumb. Gun it porn. Is so up. fucking dumb. Wow. At least, I mean, it's healthy that you can recognize that it's dumb and that you, you're fine with and that. <laughs> you want to, like the thing that like really gets me is when you're in, if you have a, a custom uh, like execution animation, but it has mm. an animal like, like, so my guy, like when I <clears throat> can like melee execute them, like I call in this like really nasty looking dog and it comes in and just eats their face off. Right. But yeah. if you have one of those equipped, when you're in the mm. pregame lobby, it's standing next to you or like if you have a bird, it's flying mm-hmm. in the air or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's like the real status symbol. It's oh, like, really? it's like I've spent money on the custom animation pet that walks with me in the game lobby. <laughs> it's so fucking wow. dumb. It is so that's stupid. Yeah. And the crazy thing is like with a lot of these games, and you know, this is, this is true of mobile free to play too, right? Like 
Um, and I, I think we mentioned this with like League of Legends and stuff, which is a game I played for a fucking decade or more now. But um, you know, if you would have gone to GameStop and they just had like a, a box copy of Warzone on the shelf and it was like two hundred and fifty dollars, right? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, that is the stupidest. Thing. Who? Who in yeah. the world is going to buy a $250 game? But after you play these stupid things for a while and they just slowly chip away at you, it's like that would have been like, like the best value in the world to only <laughs> spend $250 on Warzone. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's dumb. It's pretty wild, man. It's so it's dumb. pretty wild. Uh, but I don't know. I love to... it. So whatever. It's it's hard. To, it, the thing is, too, it's like hard to be mad about like spending money on like something you like genuinely enjoy. Like a game that you think is really cool. Used to have, who cares? And yeah. yeah, like you're equipping stuff that you think is neat. And yeah, I don't know. Is it ridiculous to be spending that kind of money on a game? Yes, but I don't know. Whatever. It is what it just, is. You just have to have an eye for when you think the game will decline and then sell your account with all the crap. Try oh, to recoup. Well, that's what I wish I would have done with Player Unknown's Battlegrounds because I, yeah. I had a cosmetic item I could have at one time sold for like $600. Ooh. And. I just rode that into, let's see, how much is the player? I had player unknown uh, bandana, I think it is. I think that's the item. Uh, listings for player unknown's bandana. This is going to be a real dream crush here. Oh, it's still <laughs> worth 75 bucks. That's pretty good. I should sell that's that now bad. before I forget well, about it again. And sell it, was, it, and it was a very unique item. Because like it came with the um, the very earliest like beta pre order is you got this like bundle yeah. of like you unique cosmetic shit it. and it was yeah. the only face covering for the longest time so like mm. uh, you made your guy kind of look like a cowboy with a, a handkerchief mm-hmm. over him and yeah that as soon as the game blew up like it, you could no longer buy that right so there's a very right. small amount of those in the wild because only like true dummies were buying that game in early access because it was. <laughs> so unbelievably jank and and because of the uniqueness of it like the value of it just skyrocketed and i was like right oh i'm gonna sit on this i'm gonna make so much money as this like just skyrockets in value and then they did like a cosmetic run where they just it was like nothing but face stuff and then it just cratered and i was like oh fuck that sucks yeah (laughs) you missed your window man you should have used your crypto coin got greedy got greedy yeah yeah um so anyway Ubisoft announced uh, the Division Heartland for consoles and PCs, uh, and then they also announced that they're they're working on a the Division mobile game. Um, literally, no details other than that they're working on it, and um, <clears throat> they say they'll have more to announce on everything soon. Um, they had previously announced they're going to be doing another one of their like media events, which they call Ubisoft Forward. Um, they're going to be doing one during E3 on June twelfth. So since that's only about a month away, that's probably the next time we're going to hear a bunch of news on um, the mobile game and this Heartland game and uh, whatever the heck else they got going on. So anywho, The Division, if you're into it, it's coming to mobile. And my bet is that it's going to be something like Call of Duty Mobile Hmm. because that's what everyone wants to do. And then my other bet is that they're going to bring like – Rainbow Six and their other franchises into the mix with mobile versions as well. Because like why just, wouldn't you? I just saw some like really crazy story on um, just the numbers that Call of Duty has done. Call of Duty Mobile. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah, five hundred million downloads, million. over <clears throat> a billion in revenue. Yeah, it's 
pretty messed up, man. It's really it's a good wild. Game, though. I, I wish be, I wish I played it more. Because like, remember there there was a time definitely where people were like, I don't know if you can really do a first person shooter on mobile. Like, yeah. it, just, it seems weird with yeah. virtual controls and all that stuff. And then like, yeah. here we are. And I don't know if it's like the the advent of like easy use of Xbox controllers and PS4 controllers that maybe like really skyrocketed that game. Yeah. Or if it's just a really good version of Call of Duty that's just on your phone. I think it's more to do with um, touchscreens being mature enough that people have grown up playing on touchscreens. I mean, if you're a, a little kid playing Modern Combat um, back in like 2011, you got really good at it because your buddies were playing it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you figured out how to play on a touchscreen. Like touchscreens are actually a really good input device for aiming and stuff. You get, I would argue, better aiming than um, analog sticks. Yeah. And so... If you're a little kid and all you have is time to play these games and perfect your skills, then you get really good at them. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, you're a teenager that's playing uh, Call of Duty Mobile. A Call of Duty Mobile awesome Pro. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, like, <clears throat> that's what I think is, is more the case is that people, instead of, like, you know, withdrawing or, or you know, instantly hating on anything that's touchscreen controls... Um, because that's not what they're used to and it's it's hard to adjust to just people that have grown up that's all they've known and it's just normal to them mm-hmm. are, are starting to become more the norm so yeah i don't know yeah anyway that's I, all i had on the docket I'm, to talk about this week what i'm really surprised with call of duty mobile though is that there's no crossover between the console version i know i feel like that's a weird thing to not lean super heavily into mm-hmm. um especially because so many of the console and PC, like Warzone players and stuff, who would typically be people that are like, mobile games are stupid, are like, Call of Duty, Call of Duty Mobile is cool. Yeah. Like, it's actually good. You know what I mean? And so, like, why not? Like, if I could. Um, really heavily into that. If I could chip away at my uh, Warzone battle pass by playing Call of Duty Mobile, like when I'm out and about. Because, like, that's the yeah. one thing that kind of is annoying to me about uh, those console battle passes. Like, I, I'm way more into doing them on mobile because, like, you know, like for instance, like, League of Legends Wild Rift is a really good example. Like, I can just hop in no matter where I'm at, like, make a little progress on my thing and jump out. Whereas, like, you know, the Warzone battle pass is like, all right, I got to, like, sit down, commit to, like, at least a 30-minute long game. Yeah. And everything yeah, yeah. else. Whereas, like, if I could complete missions and the mobile app to advance that even if at a slower pace like i'd be all about that i would probably actually play call of duty mobile right yeah no yeah. i agree i i think that's a missed opportunity but i don't know i guess if we ran the world so many things would be different yeah 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 uh anywho my voice that's failing is telling me it's probably time to wrap things up for this week so Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. And as always, Touch Arcade is primarily supported through our readers and our listeners and our viewers. So if you like what we do, want to see us continue doing it, please check out patreon.com forward slash touch arcade and consider throwing a little support our way. Uh, It's the beginning of the month and uh, things have gone south. (laughs) Things were going really good in Patreon for most of the year. And then for whatever reason, um, this latest round uh, has a lot of people dropping out. So I wonder if there's sorry. a thing where, um, because uh, uh, there's been a couple of times where this happened. It was like everyone's credit card like expired, and it's like all of a sudden you just had this huge drop off, and it was just people that like didn't yeah. even know that it happened because they don't pay a ton yeah. of attention. It might be like something like that or or whatever. Um, 
so anyway, if you uh, if you like us and want to help us out, um, check out our Patreon if you aren't already, and uh, could use some positivity, some upward trajectory in that area. Also, you can help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through touchrk.com forward slash Amazon. And at no extra cost, um, we'll get a little bit of your affiliate pennies, fractions of pennies, um, for whatever you'd be buying anyway. And, of course, you can do your Game Club 30-day free trial by hitting up the banner on the front of our uh, homepage. And on iOS or Android, give yourself 30 days to try out the best gaming subscription service in the world. And I think that's everything. Oh, send us an email, podcast at tetrakid.com. We read a couple emails this week, so if we get more, we'll read some more in the future. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be kind of curious. Um, this is a potentially good email prompt, is if there's Ooh. anything that has come out of this a- Apple versus Epic thing that you found particularly crazy. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear. Because like, cause it's, it's been interesting following on Twitter because, like, people have been there's just so much stuff that is coming out that like people are just like finding like different things like oh this this is really interesting to me like this crazy email between app review and then like yeah you know someone else would be like oh my god look at this like esports thing that was a part of like uh apple's discovery on epic and yeah right. stuff. so yeah. i guess if i'm this i'm sure this will be a hot topic next week still so Probably, yeah. There's a lot of crap out there happening in the Apple Apple Epic stuff. So, yeah. yeah if you got any thoughts on that, shoot us an email, podcast at tetracade.com. And with all that, thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Tetracade Show. See ya.